It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's new and exciting in New York Giants training camp this year? We're going to talk about that on today's Locked On Giants podcast coming at you next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena, and we are in the thick of Giants training camp. And uh, this show, actually, I'm recording this show on Monday, August 1st. It's technically our Tuesday show, but wanted to get this out to you a little bit earlier to kind of get you up to date on what's going on over in East Rutherford. And also I want to talk primarily about some of the biggest differences I've noticed in the way coach Brian Dable is running training camp, as opposed to maybe years past with Joe judge and before him, Pat Shermer and Ben McAdoo. So all that is coming up on today's locked on giants podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day or if watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. All right, let's get the housekeeping stuff out of the way first before we get into the differences. Today was the first day the Giants were in pads, and uh, the focus of, of the practice was primarily the running game, which I thought looked pretty good. Um, the Giants ran a variety of runs during the practice. They had stretch, stretch runs. They ran up the gut. Um, they did designed quarterback rollouts and runs, uh, just a variety of runs. And I just thought that the Giants were able to really get through and and the run blocking was really solid. So that was very encouraging to see, especially considering that the passing game is still a little, uh, shall we say, um, a little, dis- I don't want to say disorganized. Maybe that's not the right word, but the passing game's not where it needs to be. I know it's been only five days, but the passing game is just not crisp at all. Um, there was a stretch during the practice where quarterback Daniel Jones threw eight incompletions. Now, not all of them were a result of his doing. Some of them were miscommunications with, with uh, the receivers. I know there, there looked to be two miscommunications with Kenny Galladay, but the passing game just not there yet. And, um, you know, I take a little bit of solace in knowing that the running game looks like it's going to be okay. And I think, you know, and I've said this before, I think it's going to be important for the running game to carry the offense in the very beginning of the year until that passing game comes together. The passing game is a little bit more complex, given that there are different routes and options that the receivers can choose. And they basically have to see things the same way that Daniel Jones sees it. And that hasn't always been the case. So I really believe the running game is going to, uh, to carry the offense early on. I would not be surprised if we see more runs as opposed to to passing attempts. Um, That said, I also want to mention that I thought Matt Breda, on whom, by the way, I did a feature story over on Giants Country, a really, you know, pretty cool story about Matt Breda's background. If you might want to check that out on Giants Country. I thought he ran well. 
Uh, Gary Brightwell had a couple of runs. He broke loose for on an outside zone run. Um, Daniel Jones actually had a, a couple nice runs off tackle. Uh, Saquon had a few nice runs. Joshuan Corbin. So just a lot to like about the running game so far. It's one day, I get it, but uh, very encouraging to see that against the defense because remember they had pads on and so they were able to you know, pretty much knock into each other and have life contact. So uh, that was very encouraging. Now, the bad news, rookie safety Dane Belton, unfortunately, has a broken collarbone, which basically means the rest of his summer is over. And the Giants haven't come out and announced that yet. But uh, clearly, you know, everybody saw Dane Belton standing on the side with his uh, left arm in a sling. And uh, it was reported that uh, first by ESPN, and I was able to confirm it later on, that um, it was a broken collarbone. And uh, the gut feeling is, is that Belton is going to go on IR to start the season. Uh, the Giants will wait to put him on IR so that this way they can get him back. They're not going to put him on IR right away. But uh, the Giants' safety depth kind of taking a little bit of a hit there. They also waived injured Jaron Williams, who is a converted cornerback to safety. And they signed uh, Gerard Wilson, who is going to uh, provide some veteran depth at that safety position. So um, uh, kind of, you know, a little bit of a hiccup, if you will. Also, you know, while I'm talking about injuries and whatnot, John Feliciano still out of practice. The Giants say that he had heat-related hydration issues from, I guess, last Thursday, kind of, you know, a long period for them to to, to work on getting him back, but I guess they want him a hundred percent before they put him back in there. But interestingly enough, Shane Lemieux has been taking snaps at center with the first team offense and he's looked pretty good at it. You know, I think out of all the guys who have taken first team reps at center in place of Feliciano, Lemieux's done the cleanest job as far as his snaps go. So if you remember a few shows ago, I said, gee, the giants don't have backup center on their roster beyond this year. You wonder if maybe, just maybe, is backup center or maybe is starting center in Shane Lemieux's future if he continues to do so well. That would open up, uh, obviously, the left guard spot for Joshua Zudu, who has been getting reps at that spot. So that's something to watch as we go through the summer. Um, certainly a possibility because, you know, based on what we saw from the veterans that they had on the roster, there were too many adventures with the snaps, but um, Shane Lemieux doing a fairly clean job of it and um, looking good. Um, you know what, since I'm on a roll here talking about today's practice, I'm going to continue. I got a few more observations I'll throw at you. And then we'll talk uh, coming up in the next segment. We'll talk about how the practices are different under Brian Dable and how they're better. Actually, Kayvon Thibodeau, went up against Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal today, one-on-one -on -one drills. Um, he, I would say he probably had a draw against Thomas and got the better of Evan Neal, his fellow rookie uh, in these drills. Now, to be fair, the defensive linemen and the edge rushers had the advantage because they were going ahead. The offensive linemen working on a slick field. It had rained last night. And it was also misty to start practice. So I saw a few offensive linemen get pushed back like they were on roller skates, probably because they were sliding on that wet field. So I, I can't say it was just, you know, a clear-cut victory one way or another or a clear-cut loss, but um, very encouraged by uh, Kayvon Thibodeau's um, speed. 
his quickness, and his power. All right, Giant fans, coming up next, I'm going to talk about the major differences in Brian Abel's training camp practices and why they're so good, why they're so important. So that's coming up right after this. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming your way here on the Lachlan Giants podcast. The first built bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but without the calories and without the sugar. Most built bars contain about 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein, and they taste great. Built bar offers nine amazing flavors and not enough free varieties, plus a rotating limited time offering of different flavors that changes up every so many weeks. Head on over to builtbar.com and use our special promo code. Locked 15 to save 15% off your first order. Again, that's code Locked 15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants Podcast. I'm Patricia Trena. We're talking New York Giants training camp. Day five is in the books Practice number six is coming up on Tuesday. I believe it's going to be a non-padded practice. Um, At least that was the plan I heard when I left East Rutherford uh, earlier today. But we'll see. I I guess that's subject to change. But I believe the Giants are going to be in pads on Monday, Wednesday, and then Friday for the blue-white scrimmage. So uh, that, that would be the plan. All right. Let's talk about the training camp practices. Now, I get this question a lot. How are uh, the practices different under Brian Dable versus, say, Joe Judge? And there's a few things that I'm seeing that I kind of like. The first thing, um, and and this was revealed by Dable today uh, in his his daily presser, is an approach in how they're working with the players. And by that, I mean, under the previous coaching staff, they just kind of, you know, would evaluate players and pretty much say, okay, you know what? We think this guy can do X, Y, Z. Whereas maybe the player realistically only felt comfortable doing X and Y. What Dable is doing that's that's different is he's going to players and he's saying, hey, you know, we were thinking about asking you to do X, Y, Z. How do you feel about it? And he's getting feedback from the players. And it's pretty much the same what he's doing with, with the uh, plays that are going in the playbook. You know, going to, to Daniel Jones, for example. Hey, Daniel, we're going to run this type of play. Do you feel comfortable doing it? And they try it out. And if they don't feel comfortable, you know, the players are encouraged to give them back, give the, uh, the coaches feedback to say, hey, you know, this isn't working for me. So that's kind of different. And that's important. Why is it important? Because last year there were uh, instances, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point to one that I suspected was was um, there was some tinkering going on that maybe shouldn't have been going on. Riley Dixon, as we all know, didn't have a very good year punting. But there were also times when you watched Riley Dixon and he was attempting to do punts that just weren't up his wheelhouse. And um, you wonder 
if the coaches just went to him and said, Hey, Riley, we want you to do the, or try these punts. These punts are going to help us. And we think you can do them as opposed to say, Hey, Riley, let's try this out and practice and see how you feel. So there's a big difference because when a coach comes to you and asks you, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about giving you more responsibility doing X, Y, Z. What do you think? Again, there's that ownership, that joint ownership between the players and the coaches on the program, which is so important. Now, Dable told a story that he asked Kadarius Tony if he would be willing to take on a new role within the offense. And Kadarius Tony said, sure, I'll try it out. And I just thought that was very noteworthy. I don't know that a lot of people, you know, mentioned it in their training camp reports. I know I didn't on Giants Country, but I'm mentioning it here. But I thought it was significant because that's what it's all about. You know, coaches always sit there and say, oh, we want to put the players in the best possible position to succeed. Well, then they go and they ask the players to do stuff that doesn't put them in the best position to succeed. And the player struggles and then they lose confidence. And then it just becomes a, a, a snowball effect, if you will, going downhill. So I thought that was very um, key, a key revelation from Brian Dable as to how he's working with the players and how he's structuring some of these practices with, you know, making adjustments along the way after talking to players um, about, you know, doing different things that maybe can help the team. So uh, that's the first big difference. The The second thing I want to talk about is there hasn't been a lot of seven-on-seven practices uh, or practice reps, I should say. Now, in the, in the springtime, we saw a lot of seven-on-seven drills. Basically, seven-on-seven is uh, the skill position players, basically everybody except for the offensive line. Um, but the, um, the Giants, you know... They did a lot of that in the spring, but they haven't done many seven-on-seven in the summertime. And um, Dable was asked about that. Why haven't there been as much seven-on-sevens? Now, you might say, well, what's the big deal? Well, Dable's response is, I want to get as many people around the quarterback as possible. And think back for a moment, folks. What was a big problem with Daniel Jones last year? One of many the fact that he had no feel for the pressure around him. So Dable in running more um, 11 on 11s or one-on-one or two-on-ones where where he's getting people around the quarterback, he's trying to build up Daniel Jones's feel for the pressure when the, the pocket collapses. Nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. I mean, these are all weaknesses that, you know, he spotted by looking at tape. And that he's trying to address early on in in training camp. And it's only going to make, you know, Daniel Jones hopefully better and more aware of the pressure when he is standing in the pocket. So I really like that one. All right. What's another thing that uh, kind of jumped out at me? Um, I'll give you one more. The way the practice is structured. So in the past, Joe Judge, for example, would have somewhere between I don't know, 16 to 19 plus sessions. A practice is divided into sessions. And each session would be about maybe a two to three minutes. Some, some of them would go five minutes. What Dable is doing, more or less, is he's doing fewer sessions, but the sessions that he's running are longer. So you see sessions going eight, nine, 10 minutes. And there's not as many. There's like maybe, I don't know, 12, 13 at the most. Um, I think I've counted on any given day. And here's the other thing. 
the giants are focusing on one area. And within that area, they're doing little breakout sessions. So for example, today on Monday was the running game. They were looking at, um, you know, uh, regular runs, first and second downs. All right. So the whole practice is structured around the drills that they feel that they need in order to be successful on first and second down runs. Whereas maybe in the past that you might see a practice that did a little bit in the red zone, maybe it did a little bit, you know, uh, short yardage, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. They're able to focus and they are streamlining and condensing. And that allows the players to focus and not be jumbled and all over the place. So I really like the structure of the practices, the way uh, Brian Dable has been running them. All right, coming up next, some more thoughts about the Giants summer training camp after five practices. Stay with us. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants Podcast. I'm Patricia Trena. We are talking New York Giants training camp. We talked about some observations from Monday's padded practice, the first of many this summer. We just got done talking about some of the main differences in how Coach Dable has structured training camp. And now just a few remaining thoughts that I want to throw out there, stuff that I want to get off my chest about what I've observed, um, what the players have had to say and that sort of thing. And I think if there's one thing that still kind of bothers me a little bit, all right, maybe a lot, maybe I'm, I'm being modest here, but if there's one thing that bothers me is that Daniel Jones and Kenny Galladay are still not on the same page. I mentioned at the, in the first segment, how there were some miscommunications or what appeared to be miscommunications, Daniel throwing a pass behind Kenny Galladay. And then, you know, looking like Kenny Galladay ran the wrong route or took the wrong option and the ball, you know, went in front of him. Look, the giants have big money invested in Kenny Galladay. We all know that. But I find it a little disturbing that they just aren't on the same page. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're saying to yourself, yeah, but Kenny Galladay was injured last year and he also missed the spring. But you know what, folks? Daniel and and Galladay got together and they did some throwing uh, before training camp, from what I understand. It's not quite the same, I think, as, you know, running routes with everybody, you know, with defenders around you and whatnot. But it's got to count for something. and. It just, to me, that's such a, an important connection there because Kenny Galladay, you know, you watch what the, what the uh, offense asks him to do. And it's not like they're asking him to do a lot of pre-snap motion. He's basically the deep threat guy, the, the big bodied receiver who's going to run, try and separate, gonna, you know, the guy you're going to look for to make the contested catches. He doesn't have the same role as a Wandale Robinson or a Kadarius Toney. So really, you know, Kenny Galladay's role isn't that complex. At least it doesn't look that complex. So why aren't they on the same page after, you know, five days 
Um, and, and again, that might sound like not enough time, but five days and you figure they're getting uh, in, in a t- any given period, eight reps. So eight times, five. they've had about 40 or so reps, I think, if I, if I had to take a guess. And not all of them, by the way, um, go to go to Galladay, the, the passing reps. But I would say there's been about, you know, between 30 and 40 reps and whatnot. The point being is, when is it going to happen? You had it, it, it looked good before Kenny Galladay got injured last year. And then the bottom just kind of fell out. It fell out and they never got it back. And maybe I'm overestimating things here, but the Giants need for that connection to really start working. And I don't know necessarily if it's Galladay, if it's Jones, it's the combination of the two. But at this point, I would say that that's one of my biggest concerns about this offense. And that's why I said at the beginning of the program I think the running game is probably going to have to carry the passing game early on. I think ultimately the Giants are going to be a pass-first offense. But early on, until that passing game really clicks, it's going to be the running game. It's going to carry it. I would be stunned if that is not the case. So we'll see what the next few days brings. We'll see what the scrimmage brings. But um, I'll tell you what. um, Otherwise, I like what I saw from the defense. The running game, I mentioned I like what I saw from them. Um, just it's coming along. It's they, They've got a long way to go, but you do see some progress and you do see the team starting to come together the way I think the coaches envision it. And uh, fingers crossed that they don't lose any more guys to injury and that they start to come together a little quicker in the coming days. Because uh, before we know it, August will be over. I know we just started it, but August will be over. So, all right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for us here on the Lockdown Giants podcast. Be sure to keep it here all week long. We'll have updates for you and um, we'll have special bonus shows as needed uh, for the weekend practices. I think this weekend uh, they're off Saturday, but they're practicing Sunday. So we'll just bring you as much content as we possibly can. And also don't forget, Check us out over on Giants Country. That's where I have all my written work. So be sure to check that out. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day or if watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. Appreciate you as always. And we'll catch you tomorrow. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.